Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Never. Never be defeated. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We shall never, never be defeated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo. Never be defeated. Mm. Yes, Lord. Regardless of what it may look like, we shall never be defeated. Hallelujah. Yes. In the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, Verse 9, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I want to talk about representing Christ, the lifestyle of the believer. Representing Christ, the lifestyle of the believer. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for this time in your presence, Lord. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you that you sent your word to us today. Thank you for what your word will accomplish in our lives. We give you praise today. It's in Jesus' name. Grant a fresh anointing of your spirit that I may communicate your word effectively today in the name of Jesus, and that we may hear your word, receive your word under your anointing. In Jesus' mighty name that we pray, amen. Praise the name of Jesus, amen. Representing Christ, amen, the lifestyle of the believer. Sometimes uh, I'm, I'm, I note the fact that when the Lord gives a message for the congregation that it will come forth in several ways before the actual preached word. So some of the things that, that you will hear in the message today have been communicated either in prayer or in song already this morning. And word of God is confirmed in the mouths of two or three witnesses, and that's how Holy Spirit works. Amen. And we are to be encouraged, amen, as we sit under the word of the Lord, because the word of the Lord is spirit and it is life. And we see how God uses us in the midst of what he is doing and saying in a particular situation or congregation. 
Amen. So I had a conversation with a brother in Christ just, just yesterday, uh, and we were talking about the revival uh, that they were having services at their congregation, at their church. And he was saying that, that he wanted the people, uh, he didn't bring in someone to prophesy over the people, uh, to engage uh, in a lot of prophetic ministry. He said that they had been engaged in the prophetic uh, for a long time, but he realized the importance of people receiving the pure word of God. He said this, he said, uh, the scripture states that prophecies will cease, uh, but the word of God will endure forever. Amen. Amen. And I, and I noted that at, in that conversation. Of course, you know, it's been my contention for a long time that we need the word. We need the word of the Lord. Prophecy is good. Amen. And we don't take away from prophecy because that is a ministry of Holy Spirit. But we need the word of the Lord. Amen. We need the word preached. Need, need, we need the word taught. We need the word. We need the word lived out. A lot of people. A lot of people uh, in the church world uh, want a prophetic word. They, they want a word from God on how they can come out of a particular situation, or they want a prophetic word that deals with how they can uh, something about finances or something that they want in their lives. Amen. Um, and, and, and as I said, prophecy has its place in ministry, in the ministry of the church. However, it's the word of God that is most important. <clears throat> and for the person who accepts Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, uh, and, 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 and that person, it, it is intended for that person to to live a life that represents, that represents the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. A life of obedience. Amen. A life of obedience to the Lord. A life of obedience to his word. Amen. That brings blessings. That brings favor. That, that brings guidance and, and, and truth in one's life. It's, it's, it's incumbent upon us uh, that, that we understand a couple of things. You know, the Lord... Uh, just was dealing with me about uh, the importance of understanding that we represent him. We represent him. We're not just people that go to church, but we, we represent him. And in order to represent him, we need his word in our lives. Amen. We need to know his word. It is his word that brings blessings. Amen. If people, if people want if people want to know how to get out of a situation, they need the word of the Lord. If people want to know how to be blessed, they need the word of the Lord. We want to circumvent. We, we want a we shortcut to blessings. We want somebody to prophesy over us rather than getting the word and getting in the word and living by the word of God every day of our life. The word of God is prophecy. The word of God is, is, is what God has spoken. It is the fourth speaking of what God is saying to his people. So if you want prophecy, get in the word. Amen. It's prophetic to bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse. And nobody has to prophesy over you individually to tell you to bring the tithe. Oh, the word of the Lord said, if you bring the tithe today, you're going to get No, the word has already spoken that. So all you need to do is get in line and obey. Amen. Amen. You know, but, but that's not the way people operate because people don't want to get in the, in the book. 
and they don't want to follow the book. One of my, one of my dear brothers uh, uh, who graduated from seminary from me, uh, we were talking one day, and he said, we were talking about, you know, whitenizing Christianity and this whole issue that we're dealing with. And he was saying, well, that's why we are people, we call ourselves people of the book. We don't call ourselves Christians anymore. We call ourselves people of the book, you know, and, and because Christianity has all of these various nuances, and you hear me talk a lot about biblical faith, biblical faith, because we do need to get back to the Bible, you know, and, and, and so when we, look at, when we look at the church, we're not always seeing biblical faith. When we look at people in the church and how we live, how people live day by day, we don't see, we don't always see biblical faith. We see a watered-down version of what it is to be a follower of Jesus. We see people mixing in their thoughts and their ideologies and their nuances and what the world has said. And, you know, we have a lot of people who are, who are trying to tell you what Christianity is and they're not in the, in the book. You got to be, you got to be in, in the book. You know, you got to know, you got to know and rightly, rightly divide the word of truth. Amen. So when we come to salvation, amen, we don't come to salvation simply to satisfy our own desires. We don't get saved simply so we can be blessed. All right. We don't get saved so that we can get all of our longings fulfilled. We give our lives to Jesus because we believe that he is the Lord, that he is the Christ, that he is the Messiah. Amen. And he died on the cross, amen, to pay the price for our sins, to reconcile us to God. And in that reconciliation to God, there is a purpose that's beyond us. Amen. In that reconciliation to God, it comes to the point where we become a part of what God is doing in this world to bring about the reconciliation of others. Amen. Whether we get a new car, whether we get a new job, or whether we get that husband or wife that we want, we, we are brought into salvation, into the will of the Lord, so that we are involved in fulfilling the will of the Lord in our lives. And out of our obedience to Christ, we put ourselves in the vein of blessings. Whatever the Lord has for us, the Lord is going to give it to us. You remember, and I've referenced this before, but you remember many years ago we had a visiting missionary uh, who worked with Wycliffe Bible translators, and she, she was talking about how, how she wanted to get married. And, and one day she was sitting on the pastor's teaching, and the pastor said, well, what if, it, what if it's the will of the Lord that you don't get married? She said that shook her and because she had never thought about that. You know, and then she said, well, what I did was I submitted myself to the will of the Lord. All right. And so she became a missionary with Wycliffe Bible translators. And while on the mission field, she met her husband. Mm. Amen. A, it came with submitting to the will of the Lord and not putting her desire first. Many times we get it back because we put our desire first, and what we want God to do is we want God to come back around and do what we want to do. Then we say, Lord, I'll do what you want to do. God, if you did this for me, I'll do this for you. No, it's not that way. It's not that way. Yeah, it's not that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, saints, um, yeah, it's important for us to understand that we 
are representatives of Jesus Christ. We talk about being a witness for Christ, okay? But think, of, think, and think, think about the words. When I'm a witness, I'm telling what I know. I'm giving a verbal expression of what I've seen and what I've heard. But if I represent someone, every day I live, I am living out what that person wants out of my life. So then my lifestyle becomes a reflection of him. Amen. That's what Christians have to get. Because too many times we, not, I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about the people that, that now I'm, amen. Many times we don't represent Christ. In our conversations, many times we don't represent Christ. In our dealing with people, we don't represent Christ. Sometimes in our homes, husbands and wives, there is no past. We represent Christ even in our relationship with one another. Amen. We are representatives of Jesus wherever we go. We represent the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe this is why the Lord has just been dealing with me lately about church membership and the difference in being a member of the church and representing him. Because a whole lot of people are members of the church, and I'm not just speaking of tabernacle of praise. I'm speaking of the church world and don't represent Christ. Let's take an extreme example. How do you call yourself a Christian and persecute other people? and burn a cross, that's just an extreme example. How do you call your, how do you justify slavery and put an entire people in bondage and you continue to keep them in bondage and keep them repressed and find ways around uh, your privilege and you go to the house of the Lord every week you say you're a Christian. But in every relation, that's extreme. That's extreme. That's extreme. But we can bring that a little bit closer home, and, and you can come up with your own examples of how we say we are Christian, but in our daily lives, we don't represent Christ. We don't represent Christ. We don't represent his standard. Being a follower of Jesus, uh, or being a Christian, if you want to use that term, uh, it's much more than being a member of a local congregation. It is much more. It's much more than being a member of a local, local congregation. It's much more than carrying the title Christian. It's much more than singing. It's more, much more than praying. It's much more than preaching. Being a follower of Jesus means that we represent Christ in every possible way. In every possible way. And that we represent him every day of our lives and in every way. In, in, in being, in being, we represent Christ. You hear me use that a lot. You know, if we fail to be, to be. Conjugate the verb be. Well, maybe I shouldn't ask you to do that. You know, I love English. So I love conjugating verbs. You know, I just, just love doing all that congregation. But when you look at the verb to be, and there is a tense of the verb to be, 
and it comes to, in one of the infinity tenses, I am or we are. So when I talk about being a Christian, it's who I am. This is, this is who I am. I am a follower of Christ, and I'm not just a follower of Christ in name. I am a follower of Christ in my very life, in my very lifestyle. I am a follower of Christ. Amen. I'm a follower of Christ. So Christ, 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 Christ tempers my temper. Christ tempers my attitude. Christ tempers my conversation. I'm not saying that we're not born in sin and shaped in iniquity and that we don't have a sin nature. We do. We do. You know, at any moment, you know, unless the Holy Ghost tempers me, I could curse you out. But because of the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying the devil won't put a thought in your mind, but because of the Holy Ghost. And the longer you stay in Christ, this is the thing now, saints. The longer you stay in Christ, the stronger you get in Christ, the more tempered you are. So then things begin to immediately be, the Holy Ghost begin to immediately bring you back in line and you submit. You don't resist. But if you don't stay long enough, it's like an unbaked, half-baked cake. On the outside, you'll be baked and pretty, but on the inside, and then when you take you out of the heat, you fall. And folk cut into you, and they get a doughy cake. Ooh, Lord have mercy. Don't cut into some of us. Because for some of us, you start cutting into some of us, they don't tell them what you're going to get. But let me tell you, you're going to be cut into. Let me tell you, you're going to be cut into. The devil will make sure that you're cut into. Yeah, the devil will make sure that somebody says something to you that rubs you the wrong way. The devil will make sure that something happens in your, in, in, in your relationship with people that throws you off kilter. But Holy Spirit is there to help you in the process be who you're supposed to be. Amen. 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 Uh, so representing Christ is what we are saved and in this world for. Think about the fact that the Bible says we were strangers. We were foreigners. Amen. Uh, but now we are members of the household of faith. That was a time when we were one way, but now. Amen. There should come a point in our lives when that old way has dropped off. I'm not saying that the temptation won't always be there, but it's not prevalent in your life. It's not what you wake up every morning thinking about. It's not how you deal with people on a regular basis. Amen. And, and it's not how you deal with your relationship with Christ on a regular basis. I mean, on a regular basis, you are a Christian. On a regular basis, you're faithful to the covenant of promise. On a regular basis, you're faithful to fulfilling the ministry that God has placed inside of you. On a regular basis, you are faithful to utilizing the gifts that God has placed inside of you. On a regular basis. Every day. This is, this is the way you live. This is your style of life. On a regular basis, your character reflects Jesus. On a regular, everyday basis. Amen. Amen. The, the Bible says that we are the light of the world. Amen. So that we, we are like a city that's set on a hill. And a city that's set on a hill, it gives light to all that are around. People, you can't be hidden. That's the way we are. 
That's the being part of us. Amen. We are the salt of the earth. That's who we are. Amen. In that we represent Jesus Christ. We are a royal priesthood. Amen. We are a holy nation. We are a peculiar. Can somebody say peculiar people? Maybe I'll come back to that in a moment, but you know, that's one thing today. People don't want to be peculiar. We don't want to be different from the world. We want to be like the world. We do. You, just, you, you can look at us. You can see the way we dress. You know, we can see the places we go, some of the things we do, some of the things we say. Many, not, I'm not talking about y'all again, so don't get quiet. So, so, so many folk don't want to be peculiar. But the Bible says that we are a peculiar people. Now, it doesn't mean that we have to walk around ladies with long dresses all, all of the time and men with your shirts buttoned up to your collar all of the time, but it means that we are different. We're different from the world. We don't act the way people who don't know Jesus acts. We don't talk the way people who don't know Jesus talks. We don't even dress sometimes the way people who don't know Christ dresses. And our dress, men and women, should be characterized by modesty. Amen. Because we're not trying to provoke anybody to anything. Amen. And sometimes we don't even think about that. We just look at what the world says is pretty, and then we think, oh, I want to be beautiful too. We forget that we represent Christ. We represent Christ. Now, I know, you know, some of us, we want to make Christianity attractive so we can attract people. But what are you attracting people to? Are you attracting them to the church or are you attracting them to Christ? Church can't save you. Church cannot save you. So you can attract people to your congregation by lowering your standards and by compromising so that you don't even look like anything that represents Jesus. Oh, they're cool over there. What is actually cool? Oh, they go anywhere. They do anything. But what about Jesus? Are y'all still with me? Thank you, Jesus. I was reminded, I was listening to uh, an old sermon by Dr. R.D. Hinton. Some of y'all know, maybe you don't know Dr. Hinton. Dr. Hinton was a great holiness preacher. And he was preaching that message. He said, holiness is still right. It's still right. We don't want to talk about holiness anymore, but holiness is still right. Yeah, God's way is still right. Amen. Jeremiah said that we should return to the ancient past and that we should stop at the crossway, look to see where the good way is and walk in it. We got to go back and we got to find God's way and we got to start walking in God's way. We're straight, we're straight, we're straight, we're straight. You know, and I know it's kind of difficult, you know, we don't want to be standing in judgment of people, but, mm, and so I won't say that, but, uh, <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. But we have to be very careful what we put out there because we represent Jesus, and Jesus is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. So we, we are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are a peculiar people created for the praise of his glory. Amen. So you see these scriptures and so many other scriptures, amen, that speaks to us about being his people, his people who represent him in the, excuse me, in the midst of a pagan society. Hallelujah. Amen. And we've got to remember that. We've got to remember that we live in a world that is perverted. We live in a world where the people's minds have been twisted. And the church has to be very careful that we do not move to that side to try to, try to satisfy those with twisted minds. We got to speak the truth as it is revealed in Scripture because it is the truth that makes you free. It is truth. It's truth. It's truth that makes us free. It's not the twisted philosophies of a society to get people to become a part of an organization. This is the body of Christ. Amen. It's the body of Christ. And I'm not saying that we gotta, that we got to push people away, but we got to speak the truth. And speak the truth in love. Amen. That scripture says in Philippians 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 15, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and a twisted, one scripture said, perverted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Uh, are we hearing? Amen. We are to be shining as lights in this world. And we cannot afford to compromise our stand simply to attract people to an organization. Holiness is beautiful. The Bible talks about us, amen, worshiping the beauty of holiness. That's what attracts. But the church has shifted so far away from holiness that we don't know how beautiful holiness really is. Holiness is beautiful. Not just in how you dress, but how you live. <laughs> how you sleep at night. Holiness is beautiful. How you interact with people. Holiness is beautiful. Amen. We shifted so far away from that, and we've made so many excuses to satisfy people that sometimes we don't even know how beautiful holiness really is. We're trying so hard to fit in. We're trying so hard to make people want to be a part of us that we've lowered our standards. We've compromised. The Bible teaches us that we should make a difference between the clean and the unclean. Amen. The Bible teaches us that we are to come out from among them, those that don't know Jesus, amen, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. And then it says, I will receive you. The Bible says, amen, that we are not to touch the unclean things. And we've got to know what's clean and what's not clean. And so how do I know it? Let me go ahead and finish this message. i got to get in the Word. 
I got to know the word. I got to know the word. I got to know the word. You know, even, you know, there's this whole big thing about the music industry and stars that people like. And our young people like the glitter and the excitement and the talent. And they don't realize that when you're watching people like Beyonce and, and, and Jay-Z and, 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 and a lot, all of these people who may use God, amen, but Holy Spirit is not guiding them because the Holy Ghost is not going to have you up on stage half naked. The Holy Ghost is not going to have you saying things that don't glorify God. The Holy Ghost is not going to have you doing things that does not bring honor to God. Are you listening to me? Holy Spirit is here to glorify Christ. Amen. And so if I begin to, to associate with these people and begin to like what they're doing and begin to follow them, then I've opened myself up to a realm in the spirit world that is not godly. And I've opened myself up to receive things in my spirit and in my mind that does not represent Jesus. Amen. And that will lead me astray. Amen. I may still go to church and I may still sing and I may still preach, but there is a part of me that has compromised. I've opened the door for me not to have victory in my life. So I can sing, the devil is defeated, God is exalted, amen, and I shall never be defeated while walking in defeat every day. Because it's not in what we sing. It's not in what we preach. It's not in what we say. It's how we live. It's how we live. It's how we live. It's how we live every day. Yeah. So, saints, as we study the scriptures, maybe backing up a little bit, we cannot get around the fact that God's people are peculiar people. Can't get around that. Certain places we don't go. Certain things we don't do. Certain things we don't say. Certain conversations we don't have because we are a peculiar people. And if you want to be a part of Christ, Holy Spirit will help you become peculiar. Now, do you think Holy Spirit, even though he desires that all men be saved, it is his desire. It's not his will that anyone perish. Amen. And he is grieved when we reject him. But Holy Spirit is not going to lose it because he can't lose it. But he's not going to lose it because you decide to reject him. His plan is not going to stop because you decide to reject him. He's already told us, straight is the gate, broad is the narrowest way that leads to life, and what? Few there be that go in thereby. But broad is the way, wide is the gate that leads to destruction, and many go in thereby. Many. And that's a hard thing for us to put our minds around. We don't want anybody lost, but some people are going to be lost. Some of our loved ones are going to be lost. Some of our children, some of our grandchildren are going to be lost. And we can't get mad at God about it because God has laid it out in his word. A lot of people, we used to hear people talk about going to hell through the church. <laughs> well, 
You can be a part of the building and go to hell, but if you're really born again, you ain't going to hell. No, you're not going to hell. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, so we 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 study the scriptures. We can't get around the fact that a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ is a peculiar person. The Lord has chosen us. The Lord has called us out from darkness. And the scripture is very clear there why he called us out. Amen. So that we can show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So that we can represent him in this world. And all that, that representation means. Yeah. 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 Now, now let me say this. Christ is our standard. Christ is our standard. Not another person. Christ is our standard. I pray for the day, and a lot of people are not here, but I pray. I hear this a lot in ministry, and I, maybe other pastors don't, don't hear this, but, but I've heard it a lot. You know, oh, you know how Bishop is. You know what Bishop going to say about it. It's not what I'm going to say about it. Don't y'all hear that? Some of y'all have said it. It's not what I think. It's what God thinks. God is your standard. I appreciate the respect. I appreciate the honor. But God is our standard. Let's honor God. If you got a question in your mind about what you're about to do, and if you think it doesn't honor Christ, then don't do it. Don't do it. Amen. Amen. And if you stay in the word long enough, glory to the name of Jesus. Am I talking to, am I telling the truth? If you stay in the word long enough, hallelujah, the word of God will immediately come up in your mind and in your spirit. You know, <clears throat> thank you, Lord Jesus. As I was thinking about this, as I was praying about this and meditating upon this, you know, and I need to fast forward, amen, because I got, got a, long, a long way to go. I'm going to fast forward. Amen. The word of God has to be in us. You know, this is the thing. This is the thing. If I'm going to represent Christ, the word of God has to be in me. Amen. It has to be in my system. It has to be in my spiritual system. Amen. It's like you get medicine. All right. You go to the doctor. You got a problem. You get medicine. For that medicine to work, you have to take the medicine. The medicine has to get in your system. It does no good to get the medicine and leave it sitting on the shelf and look at it. The medicine has to get in your system. It has to get in your respiratory system, sometimes in your digestive system, sometimes in your, in your psychological system. For it to work, it has to get in your bloodstream. So the Word of God has to get in our system. It is to get in our spiritual system so that it begins to infiltrate all of our being. Because see, the Word of God is active. The Word of God is alive. The Word of God is spirit. The Word of God is life. So if I am struggling in an area, uh, if I get in the Word of God and it gets in my system, I immediately have help. I immediately have help because God's word is in me. So if I need to represent Christ and his word is in me, amen, and I, and, and I find out who he is, I find out his way, 
all right? Because there is a way that seems right to people, all right? And that's what we're facing a lot in the world today, what people think is right, you know? But what you think is right may not line up with the Word of God. So I get the Word, and I get it in my system. I get it in my system. I stay in it long enough. And let me tell you how long, long enough is. It's long enough. Amen? It's long enough. So every day, from the time I was 10 years old until I'm now 69, every day. And the Lord give me 30 more years, 60, uh, 70, what, 109, 99. If he give me 40 more years, I stay in the Word of God because I need it in my system. Hallelujah. Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. The Bible says a lot of people walked away from him. They could not, they couldn't, they couldn't bear that. They didn't understand what he was talking about because they were following him for what they could get. That's why you don't become a Christian for what you can get. You don't join the church for what you can get. You come to be a part of the body of Christ because you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And your sins could not be pardoned any other way. You're separated from God. You're dead in your trespasses and your sins. But God made the way through Jesus for you to be reconciled to him. And you believe the gospel, the good news, and you accept Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, and you make the commitment to follow him. Now, following him means that you begin to do what, you, what he does. If he takes a step to the left, you take a step to the left. If he goes around to the right, you go around to the right. You may not understand it. You may say, well, that looks like the straight way. Why don't Jesus just go that way and I'll follow him? And then he goes this way and you go in that way. Well, he sees what you don't see and he knows what you don't know. So if you're going to follow him, you follow him. Not your own mind. Amen. Amen. Not your own mind. And so you get in the Word and you study the Word and you dig into the Word so that you know what His mind is. Amen. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Too many Christians are not in the Word. Too many Christians are not digging into the Word. Too many Christians are not transformed by the Word. The Word is not in their system. Oof. Mm. Now, now, part of this process that makes it difficult for us, amen, in the natural, is that when we make up our minds that we are going to represent Christ, yeah, there's something that happens. Persecution comes. Comes because of the word's sake. Persecution comes. And, 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 and we, don't, we don't like persecution. Now, you know, as I was praying about this, the Lord began to deal with me uh, about our flesh. Okay. Verse 11 says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Sinful desires war against your soul. So part of our suffering that we go through 
It's not so much what comes from people afflicting us, but it comes from what we deal with with our own flesh. And the flesh always wants to be satisfied. And when the flesh is not satisfied, the flesh kicks and screams. That can be a form of suffering. And because we don't like the kicking and screaming, we give in. So the flesh stops kicking and screaming. Doctor says, stop eating fried food. And every time you pass by Bojangles, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Popeyes, your flesh says, one piece won't hurt me. Flesh says, I ain't had fried food in a long time. What's wrong with eating a little bit of fried food? That's how the flesh works. And that flesh is kicking. That flesh is screaming. Then the flesh puts in your mind you're suffering because you can't eat fried chicken. You're suffering. You miss the taste, the crunch of fried chicken. Lord, have mercy. And, 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 and don't add rice and gravy. Listen, I'm not just talking about y'all. I'm talking about me too now. My, my wife wants some fried chicken wings because she's been having a problem with getting her appetite back. But, but I did some chicken wings the other day, and I looked at those drippings in that pan. I don't, I don't deep fry anymore now. I don't do that. I put my chicken in the oven, about, about a tablespoon or two of olive oil, and I do it in the oven. But you still got the drippings. I looked at those drippings in that pan, and I said, I'm going to cook me some rice. The flesh, that's just a mild thing, y'all. That's mild. But it's an indication of how this flesh works. And we begin to feel like, I, I missed this. I haven't had this in so long. That gravy was good. I let it cool off and I put it in the refrigerator. I'm going to eat some more tomorrow. Tomorrow came, and I looked at that bowl in the refrigerator. I said, that devil is a lie. I'm putting this down to garbage disposal. But, but that's how the flesh works. And, 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 and the devil works through this flesh. The flesh is our enemy. And we begin to feel like we're suffering because we can't have this. We can't do that. Or we can't go this place. Everybody else is doing it. But you are a peculiar people. Get, get settled in who you are, and it makes no difference what everybody else is doing. It doesn't make any difference that you can't go to the club. You don't want to go there. What's in there for you? It's a strange environment. It's a strange environment. Am I talking to anybody? Has anybody gotten to that place where a certain place is just strange? You don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear the loud music. I was listening last night to the football game in the stadium, you know, and I'm just looking at all of that noise. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I'm not up in the pot of all that noise. Take me to the house of the Lord. Let's make some holy noise. I remember Carlton Pearson years ago was talking about a visit of an old lady in the nursing home, and she said, 
He said, baby, he said, she said, baby, they're singing up in here, but it's not our kind of songs. They're making some noise up in here, but it's not our kind of noise. You know, and so there is a difference. There's a difference. And when we get into the word of the Lord, amen, the flesh is going to want to go back. The flesh is going to war against us, and it makes us feel like we're suffering. Now, suffering is going to come from other places. Affliction is going to come from other places. But it is in the word of, the, of God, when the word of God is in our systems, that we're able to stand. That we're able to stand. It's not just words on the pages of a book. It's not just words. I'll say it again. The Word of God then becomes not just pages, words on the pages of a book. It's in us. It is spirit and it is life in us. And when the Word is in us, then we are able to represent Christ. Even if we make a mistake, we apologize. I want to get that word in us because I found, I found myself apologizing to the Lord. Lord, please forgive me. No, I, don't want, I don't just say I'm sorry, God, but forgive me. I apologize to you because I have offended your holiness. So you got to apologize to the Lord. And then apologize to whoever else you need to apologize to. So when we think of repentance... Yes, we think of changing, but we got to understand that we've offended the Lord. We've offended his holiness. We've offended his righteousness. And what do you do when you offend someone? Lastly, lastly, if we're going to represent Christ as we learn the Scripture, it's important for us to understand. I think I probably pointed this out just a moment or two ago. This is a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong journey of learning the Word, studying the Bible, learning the Word of God, amen, embracing the Word of God, submitting to the Word of God. It's a lifelong process, amen. Amen. And the key to this lifelong process is trusting God. The key to this lifelong process is not just saying, God, I trust you. But God, as you're transforming my life, I really trust you. I yield to you. I don't act on things of the flesh. I act on what you say in your word. And I trust you, Lord to do for me what needs to be done. Trust God. Amen? Uh, uh, trusting God is critical in this process. You know, with all of our hearts, with all of our being, we've got to learn to trust God. We have to refuse to be led by our own understanding. We've got to refuse it. And we have to call him, amen, and, and receive help from him every day of our lives. Understanding that what we may be going through, other brothers and sisters in the Lord have also gone through the same thing. And other brothers and sisters in the Lord have to trust God, amen, in their lives. God is a very present help in a time of trouble. 
Are you listening to me? He is a very present help in the time of trouble. And if we call on him in the time of need, he will be right there. Amen. He lives in us to help us. Amen. We cannot do this alone. He is here. If we're going to represent him, we need his help. We got to trust him. We got to trust him. Yeah. Yeah. We walk through the valley, shadow of death. We don't have to fear anything because the Lord is with us. We trust him. Amen. We'll go through trials and tribulations. We don't have to worry about anything because the Lord is with us. We trust him. We may, it may seem like that we're suffering lack in our lives, but we don't have to worry about that because we trust him. Our business is to represent him in this world. That's our place. That's our place. That's what the Lord has called us to to represent him in this life. He's called each one of us in this world who are Christians, who called, claim the name Jesus. He calls us, he challenges us to represent him in this life. So Peter writes to the church, and Peter says to the church, rid yourselves, rid yourselves. He didn't say Holy Spirit, rid yourselves read them. He said, read yourselves of all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. And like newborn babies, desire, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you've tasted and then you read through the rest of this, and I won't go through the rest of this, but read the rest of this chapter because he challenges us on a personal level. He challenges us as we go out into the world. He challenges us even in the home. Challenges us to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Lord, we know that there is nothing new under the sun. Things that have happened now have happened before. Word that has been preached now has been preached before. Help us, Lord, that we will embrace your word, that we will get your word in our system so that it becomes us, and we become it, and we represent you as we go from day to day. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we've dishonored you. We apologize, Lord, for times that we have offended your holiness. Forgive us, cleanse us of all unrighteousness, and help us, help us to live lives that bring glory and honor to you and represent you rightly in the midst of a perverse generation of people. We pray for the body of Christ throughout the world. Help us to represent you and represent you well. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
Amen. I pray that the word of the Lord has been a blessing to somebody today. I pray that some way, somehow or another, we found, amen, some instruction and some help in our daily lives. And we've been challenged. We've been challenged to represent Jesus. Not just saying that we're Christians, but really representing Christ. Not just saying I'm a member of XYZ Church, but really represent Jesus Christ as we go from day to day. On our jobs, in the supermarket, in the marketplace, in our interpersonal relationships, we should represent Christ. We represent him. When Holy Spirit begins to live in us and his word gets in our system, in our spiritual system, we represent Jesus. We live that word out every day of our lives. Being that royal priesthood, being that holy nation, being that those peculiar people, not just in a nation, but a holy nation. Not just any priesthood, but a royal priesthood. Not just any people, but a peculiar people. So today, if there's someone who's listening to me online, maybe somebody in the sanctuary, and you want to give your life to Jesus, we want to give you that opportunity to do so now. We want to Jesus died on the cross to satisfy the righteous requirement of God's law so that you and me could be saved, so you and I could be saved. We could be reconciled to God and be a part of God's plan and God's purposes in this life. There's only one way to God, and that's through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not church membership, not family line. It's only through faith and the finished work of Christ on Calvary. He's done the work. Now, it's up to us whether we will accept it or reject it. And I'm not talking about what your church may or may not teach. I'm just speaking of what the Bible teaches because it's God's word that we have. It's God's word that we have that gives us what God, God wants <clears throat> out of our lives. So if you're unsaved today, you've never given your life to Jesus, <clears throat> just know today that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. Now it's up to you to make the decision as to whether you will follow him or not. If you want to accept Jesus and receive Jesus and follow him, pray this prayer of faith with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross to satisfy God's righteous law on my behalf. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me. 
from my sin. I give myself to you. I receive you as my Savior and as my Lord. And I thank you, Father, for saving me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer of faith, the Lord has heard you. If it was a decision of your will, the Lord has heard you. And the Lord has received you. The Bible says, as many as received him, he gave them the right to become his sons and his daughters. Not born by the will of flesh, not born by blood, or the will of man, but it's the will of God. Now what we need you to do is write to us and let us know your decision so that we can follow up with you and help you in the growth process. And information has been posted on the screen right now where you can give us your contact information and we will contact you. Now for the believers, the challenge for us is to represent Christ. And I pray that for those of us who may be struggling in some area in our lives, some people may not have a problem. Some people understand. Some people are committed to following Jesus, but, but there are others of us that are on the, on the sidelines. God needs all of us on the inside. He needs all of us involved in this process because there are souls that need to be won. His kingdom needs to be advanced, and you have a part in that kingdom advancement. So by now, you should not be debating on whether you are following Jesus or not. You should have already made up your mind. There are struggles in your life. Then one of the greatest things you can do as you submit to God is allow his word to get in your system. His word that is active, his word that is alive, his word that is spirit, his word that is life will work in you, convicting you, transforming you, and making you into the person that he wants you to be. So I want to pray for you today if you're struggling in some area of your life. And even if you're strong, I pray that God will make you even stronger because there is a, there's a ministry that you have to minister to others who might be weaker. But the Bible says we're to strengthen the weak hands and the feeble knees. So, Lord, I pray today for every believer, every follower of you, and even for those, Lord God, who are struggling in areas of their lives, submission. You know the reason that people are not submitting they know the reason that they're not submitting. But I pray that your word has found a place today in every one of our lives. And I pray that we're strengthened. I pray that we're encouraged by your word today to submit to you, to obey you, to be who we're supposed to be, and to embrace your word so that your word gets into our system. It's not just on the outside but it's on the inside of us, in our mind, in our spirit, and it's working in our spiritual system, transforming us to be like you. I pray for every one of us today. I pray to God that you will move by your mighty power, that you will do a great work in us, that we will be the living stones, the royal priesthood, the holy nation of people, that you've called us to be in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation of people that we live in. God, use us 
for your glory. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray and we thank you. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.